We are in for a, a treat tonight. Um, we've all already been uh, treated by and blessed with just the presence of God and, and connecting with each other. Um, but uh, we also have tonight here um, Derek and Beryl Puffett. Um, who, uh, when I speak about them, I get quite emotional. But um, yeah, they're amazing, just an amazing man and woman of God. Um, we were just spending some time with them. Uh, we invited the small group uh, facilitators to spend some time with them before the service. And uh, uh, walking away from that, I thought more than anything they said that I remember specifically, I just walked away with a greater desire to, to just sit at God's feet and just spend time with Him and just to know His heart. And, um, and that's really something, one of the things that they carry. Um, they... I asked them for their whole history, um, very interesting lives, they've lived full lives, but they still got a lot of life left in them, um, and they, at 77, are trusting God for big things, and are dreaming big dreams, and just want to go where God is going. Um, they got saved when Derek was 40, which was 1982, um, he was working in business, uh, he was a director in the automotive industry working under um, Brian Joffe, who is the founder of, of Bitvest. Um, and uh, God saved them, and they, they remained in the workplace for a while. The whole family was saved at the same time, Beryl and their two kids. And um, God called them into the ministry, and they ministered at Hatfield Christian Church um, in Pretoria. They were pastors there for a long time, 20 years, 12 years. Um, and then, and then they felt called to join this ministry um, called LL Ministries. That's a UK-based ministry, but that's global, has a global reach now. They spent 18 months in London to be equipped, and I think God just did some things in their hearts and their lives. And, um, and they are now the, the, the Africa directors for LL Ministries. Um, so they oversee a couple of LL centers, um, one in Pretoria, one in, in Durban or Natal, um, in Rwanda and Kenya. Um, Derek's also on the executive team for LL Globally. Um, but more than all of that, Lauren and I last year spent some time with them, and um, we didn't know what we were in for. Any asked us if we wanted to go to this, go spend a week at LL. And we were like, great, yeah, it's still far away. I mean, we're keen. And um, we didn't really know what to expect, but God really um, did amazing work in us during that time. And, and he used Derek and Beryl, Pauf, uh, Beryl powerfully in that. Um, I told the, the small group facilitators as well, when, when I think about them, I think about a true um, father and, and mother in the faith. Uh, just people who's walked a long time with God and who love the church and are just here to raise up the next generation. Um, and so, yeah, we love them and we're just going to call them up and hand the mic over to them. We just want to say we receive you totally and um, you know, our hope is in God. <laughs> But uh, you've got an amazing track record, and we know he uses you powerfully. Um, and so just go for it. Whatever is on your hearts, just, just go for it. I just want to pray for you quickly. Father, we thank you for Derek and Beryl, Lord. And we, we um, yeah, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for even that their lives, Lord, are a testimony of your faithfulness, Lord. Their lives are a living story, God, that there is a God who saves and who makes new and is faithful, God. And we just thank you for them, Lord, that you, um, you've sent them here, God. We pray that you bless them, Lord. We thank you for the grace and the anointing that rests on them, God. 
And we just thank you that you go ahead of them tonight, Lord, um, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good evening, church. Thank you, Stefan, Lauren. Thank you for the, the leaders. Thank you. Uh, just family instructions, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, we, uh, we, just, we just love Shofar and uh, been involved with Shofar a little bit over the last two, three years. And uh, so it's been really good just to come to the different places where we get invited and it's lovely and we spent some wonderful quality time with uh, Stefan and Lauren and, and I know that uh, for some of the other pastors around, I, we just... We just got such a love for for shofar, and uh, and one of the reasons why we love shofar is that a lot of young people and a couple of wisdom people around which we need, <laughs> and uh, but we also we also just love the vibrancy, and uh, and I think we speak about this often when we speak to people about shofar, is that we've never seen people worship like the people at shofar as intently. As, as you guys, and um, I thank you for teaching us something about worship, because when we come together, we, we w want to worship, and we want to take that worship, and we want to translate that worship into our lives, that we can be a reflection of who He, of who he is through us to the world outside. And so I was going to start off just by, just by having sort of a, a punchline uh, by saying that um, uh, falling in love with Jesus is an ongoing continuum. It's not a stop. It's an everyday. It is something that we never get tired of or should never get tired of. It is something that we should never lose. And if we are able to do that, then the, the fear of the Lord would, would come alongside us and the things that we the, the flesh wants to do that's wrong, this fear of the Lord will kick in and say, no, no, no. It reminds me of that hippo advert where the hippo, the guy wants to put a knife in the toaster and it's like, so, uh, you know, so that's how we live life, you know. We've got we to gotta listen to these little voices that say, down here somewhere, no, no, don't do that. Or, yes, yes, seize the moment. Go for it. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that as you make all things new, Father, we just say thank you. That's also an ongoing process in our lives where, Father, you're always busy with something in our lives. And we, we thank you for that wonderful way in which you work with each one of us as individuals. And, Father, we ask you, Lord, that you will continue to work in our lives. We ask you, Lord, that you would just go... Just go into those deeper places tonight, Lord, where, where we, we know that there are stuff that we buried, Lord, and we know those, those things are not dead. We, we bury those things alive. And Father, those things want to come out and we want to give it to you and we want to say, Lord, oh, Lord, bring healing into those areas of our lives where we, we can be, become more effective in our worship, more effective in our discipleship, more effective in our, in our life, in our workplace, and more effective as a as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. So, Father, we just say thank you. 
that you're, you're always busy with us. Thank you, Father, that we can, we can, we can grow from strength to strength, and we can, we can, we can, uh, we can become more. We can become mature. We can, we can bear more fruit, Lord. Once we've been pruned in those areas that don't really bear fruit, and Father, we just want to give those areas to you tonight, and say, Father, you come and take them away from us, please. We give them to you tonight, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just speak to us individually, even the things that I don't say tonight. Lord, that you would speak and remind us of the things we still need to give to you that don't belong to us, that you can remove us. You can make us new in all things. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. It is, uh, it's lovely to be here with you again. And I think the message of, I'm going to be talking tonight, I've probably spoken about it about one, two, three, four. This is the fourth shofar church that I've sp- spoken to about this particular message. And, and why I'm, I want to speak it to you is because I want to, I want to really just touch on the areas because it's not a message that's, uh, that's, that's going to fade away. It's going to die. It's, it's, it's not a message that's, uh, that becomes irrelevant. It is, it is probably as fresh now as it was 10 years ago or it'll be still fresh in, in 20 years' time because we'll all still be in a position where we just need to receive of the Lord. We need to receive from Him wherever we go. And, and one of the things that, that, that I'm keeping on this message uh, is because we, we, I would like to get the shofar guys onto the same page when, when we when, when we give in a message like this. And, and there's, there's a reason for I do it, because the, the reason is that, that we gain into times, or we are already in, in the times and we were going into times where the world is going to be going to get tougher, especially on the Christians. The uh, already there's there's a huge uh, moves in the, especially in the UK and, and in the United States, and we can see some of those things starting to happen here in South Africa, where uh, where you cannot even put a private thought about an issue. Uh, on, the, on, your face, on your Facebook. If you put that issue on there, you, you can lose your job, even if it's a private Facebook, nothing to do with the workplace. And people in the, in the UK are starting to lose their jobs because of what they think about God and what they think is what is right and what is wrong. People are losing their jobs. And why? It's, the world is coming against the Christians. And, God, not, and, and uh, you know, Jesus' words would, would say something like... Uh, uh, the world will hate you, but because they hated me first, you know, they, they hate who we represent. And so if we are not firmly established and standing firm, and we, if we, have, we have things in our lives that, are, that the enemy can still have a go at, he will have a go. So it is wonderful that we can actually have a God that says, when we, say, when we sing the song, he makes new, we must know that those things are correct. We, he does make new. But we've got to give. If, you, if we hold on to it, he's not going to make new. Cast your burdens onto me. Give them to God. God. Give those things to God and he will make new. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. He'll make new. But if we're going to hold on to it, he's not going to come and take it away from you. Because he's given us a free will. And that free will is just so important. And, uh, 
And I'd like just to, to go to the first, the first, first scripture in Ephesians where, where uh, Jesus comes along, comes along and he, he looks at a congregation like this and, he, and he, he takes people out of the congregation. He takes people out of the congregation and he gives them specific uh, offices which, which we know now, we call it the, 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 the fivefold ministry, but he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and some to be teachers. Now we have to ask, why did he do that? It is for them, for those guys and women, for those people to be able to help people prepare, get ready, as we spoke about earlier, get ready, mend, uh, equip, to prepare God's people for works of service. Why? Another question we can put in there. So that the body of Christ may be built up. So he wants us to come into that place to become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, that already is a block to many of us. How can we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Now, if the word says so, then we must be able to do that. So what is the whole measure? I'm not saying that we should ever become Christ. That is, that is not what I'm saying at all. But for us, we can get to that place of healing and we can get to that place of, of loving God so much that nothing else matters. And this word preparing, in verse 12, preparing God's people for works of service, I'd like just to, just to remember that word because I'm going to come back to it again just now in, in, another, in another scripture. So, so there are keys in that scripture that God takes us. He took me. He taken. He's starting to take the small group leaders. He takes us out of the situation and he puts us into a place where we can help people to grow. But yeah, I know I still need to grow and I still need to be healed in in areas. At LL we call ourselves wounded healers. (laughs) We are wounded. Some of us are still wounded. And I'll give you some of my testimony just now, but, but we need to be prepared. We need to be mended in those areas. And you know, we, when we think of, of, uh, of healing, sometimes we want to see it as a, I'm healed. And I looked at healing like that for years, even in, in the pastorate. I, would, I thought, you know, all you need to do is lay hands on the people and they'll be healed. But it was my experience that actually when some people that you laid hands on, they didn't get healed, and you extract most of them. Because they come up next Sunday or... When they came to, to, to visit you and you want to, they want prayer and you pray for them, you lay hands on them, you quote the scriptures, and, but they actually don't get healed. And we don't know why is that. But we know now that sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Sometimes we want God's healing, but we want to keep the sin. We want to keep on sinning, but we want God's healing. We want the blessing, but Lord, let me still sin. Let me go and do, live my life in pornography. Let me go and live my life in this and that. Do you think God is going to say, I'm going to heal you, but, and then you'll tell me, oh, I was watching pornography, I was still watching pornography, God healed me, so God says no. There are things in our lives we really need to look at, and that preparing is that mending, is that making new, is that wholeness that God wants us to, to come to. Because we've all been in the, in the world 
We've all at one stage been in the world. Who has never lived in the world? But God says, I want to take you out. You are still in the world, but not a part of, you're not of the world anymore. So he brings us through the cross and he comes us to a place where we are in the kingdom of God. And this is the discipleship place. There's the witnessing place. Here we disciple people. Here, and that dis- word disciple is a, is a, is a word that we, we need to just take out of it because it is that place where we can bring healing so that we can help others. And those others eventually can help others. And, and so it's been coming down the, the, the generations that God wants to bring healing. We ourselves. I needed to be healing. My wife needed to be healing needed healing. Everybody needs healing. And I'm still working on a couple of things. And then there's, a, there's the outward expression of that healing that we receive. We start to pass it on to others. And so as we get equipped, you know, and we, we can learn about leadership and, and, and all those things, we're all good. But actually, it's what's happening inside you. What is happening in this heart? Because the heart is everything. The heart is the, 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 the source of, of evil. It's the, it's, the, it's the how evil is the heart. And, and other scriptures say it's the wellspring of life. <laughs> you know? And so the, those parts of the heart, the parts of us, who we, what we consist of is all wrapped up, I think, in, in, the, in this heart. Although we spirit, soul, body, we're wrapped up in this old thing called heart. I did a... A, te- uh, a study on heart a little while back and uh, it is just amazing what the heart is the heart is everything and so what God wants us to do is in this, ma- in this process of maturity of walking towards maturity we need to we need to look at that carefully. And I want to give you an example. Do you know about false news? You've heard about false news, haven't you? Lots of false news. What we need for false news today is actually wisdom. It's discernment. And are we discerning things well enough to know what is false news and what is not false news. I was caught hook, like, and sink the other day. Somebody sent me, I love the game, the game park, and I love the, the animals, and I go to Pilonsburg, we go there quite often. And uh, I love the animals. And somebody sent me this photograph of this, this uh, elephant with a little story and the line. And, uh, and so... And, and, and I read the story and I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. I've heard of the hippos saving a buck uh, uh, impala out of the crocodile's mouth. But here is a, here's a, a story which says that the, 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 little, the little cub was in trouble and, and the elephant sort of was in trouble and went and picked it up and, and took it to the water hole. I wanted that story to be true. I wanted it to be true. Have you ever heard of a story and you want that to be true? But it's not true. (laughs) I swallowed it. I sent it on to a couple of my friends and one of them was Heinrich. (laughs) 
And Andrew said, comes back and he said, do you know that's fake? And I looked at, no, I said, no, it can't be, man. And I went and I looked at it again and I, and I, and I sat and I thought, Lord, is this actually fake? And the Lord says, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the way that we read newspapers, we listen to the lies. And the way that we, we read books, sometimes which wants to give a different slot, we listen to it and we want to, we want to just tuck it in. Because, yes, that fits in with my thinking or my opus thinking or my whatever down the generations. And that's got to be true. My goodness. We've been suckered <laughs> so many times. And you know, God wants to, he wants to bring us to that place where where in verse 14 it says that uh, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by, the, by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of men in their deceitful, deceitful scheming. That's where God wants us to get to. And it's, and it's up to us to, to get to that place. Now, it's, it's very good, very good well to say, Lord, just please come and, and uh, free me. For whoever the Lord sets, Jesus sets free, you'll be free indeed. But read the rest of the scripture. There is something God says, I will show you, but you've got to get rid of it. You've taken it on. Or maybe it was put on you by somebody else. Somebody uh, abused you. Somebody hurt you. It wasn't your fault. And we're sitting with this stuff. And you know what? We don't want to forgive. Now that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's sad because that's, Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, unless you forgive others their sins against you, my Father in heaven will not forgive you your sins. And so we, we want to hold on to this unforgiveness because it just feels good. It feels as if we, we are uh, getting it back on the person by not forgiving. We're actually damaging ourselves. So we want healing. Lord, please heal me. He says, but look at the unforgiveness we're sitting with. And unless you deal with that, I cannot bring healing into the areas that you want. I cannot even change situations in your life because you are angry with things. And I had to deal with, with a lot of stuff. When we, were, when we were pastors, it was during the 1994 thing, and, uh, and we had the city centre ministry. And the city centre of any, of any city, when, when there are big changes like... like uh, like a change of government or change of uh, and the falling away of apartheid and all that type of stuff and, and, uh, and the black people started to come into the city I didn't even have a black friend because we were so separated I said, we said to the Lord, Lord you can move us now to Pretoria East where there's more, more of a, a, a white thing I said, Lord I can understand them but the black people I don't understand and God said no I said, oh, please Lord he said, no. So we decided that we were going to, we're going to learn 
How do we minister to black people? What is the difference? And I had my whole congregation there, and we and uh, and we, we came together, and black people started coming into the congregation. It you know it was the most amazing time in our lives, because it was an opportunity for us whiteies to meet the new black people that were coming, and it was an opportunity for the black folk to get to know the whiteies. It was. We, we had times where we, we had discussions with the other. They were just so amazing. Within a month, I don't think it was, maybe two months, but maybe one or two months, we, we were hugging each other. We were, we were just so in love with each other because our, the way that I thought or the way I was taught, it wasn't like it at all. Why? I was deceived. Didn't have discernment. I think a lot of us, oldies, probably went through that. I had to sort my heart out. And you know what? Today, oh, we've got black friends. We got it's just just so amazing. You know when you, you know we are over the over seventies, so we come out of all that stuff. You know, and I tell you, I had to say sorry, 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 so many times. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. But in that, as new people came along, we had to say these things. As we, would, as we were saying that, God was starting to heal stuff inside. He wasn't only starting to heal Beryl and I. He was starting to heal relationships. And that was amazing. And when we decided eventually to come to leave Hatfield and to come and be part of this ministry, it was the black people that cried the most. It, it was scary. Why? It's because when we allow God, when we allow God to come and do a, a work inside here, something happens on the outside. There is something from the healing on the inside that projects outward, and that outward projection, projection is is something that we cannot fabricate. You don't even know that you're doing it. But what the people experience, and we just, I was just saying to Stefan and the, the guys, what they say about us, I thought, oh my goodness, you know, Lord, please help me, you know. Because it's not, I don't think he's saying it to butter us up. I, I just say, I, th- I thank God, say, Lord, thank you for the healing that you brought into our lives. Thank you for the healing that you brought into our marriage. Thank you, Lord, for the healing that you're doing in, in, in the people that we touch and minister to and, and meet. Because that is the life of Christ. I think that is what God wants us to come into that place where we can, wherever we go, wherever your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. Now he's going to give you the ground and say you're, you're, you're going to be a property manga, but you can actually touch the people in that area, wherever you go. I just felt the Lord is saying to us that, that what God has got for us, even at this age, I read the story about Caleb the other day in, in Joshua. And Joshua, Caleb goes to Joshua. He says, I, I, I was 40 years old. This is the word the Lord gave me in the last year. 40 years old when he went to the, into the, to spy out the land. 
And now it's 45 years later. And he says, I, Lord, as you promised, or he says, Caleb, as promised by the Lord, I, I've come to, to collect my, my inheritance. And so Joshua gives him the, the, the whole mountain area. And that's where the, the giants are. That's where he wants to know, at the age of 85, he wants to go and tame the giants or get rid of the giants. And I, and I said to Bill, listen to what the Lord's saying to him. You know, I'm not 85 yet, but Caleb was 85 and he said, I am as vigorous now as I was when I was 40, when I went into the land. Go and read it. I am as vigorous now as when I was 40. And I actually, I said to Bill, actually, I feel that way as well. Well, there's still hope for us. And there's hope for you, you young ones. <laughs> Beautiful young people. But I just want to say that even as you're getting older, there is no end to what God wants to do through you. I don't know what he wants to do. But I know there is still something extra that he wants us to tackle and to do or to whatever. And you know what? When Jesus walks, went around in Matthew chapter 4, when, when Jesus went around, he, he went looking for disciples. He looking to start a church. He wanted to plant a church. Where does he go to? Now, there was a lake. I would say, okay, go into the harbor today. In, will you go into the harbor and look for your, your disciples or the people that you want to disciple? Last place to go. So he goes, he walks by the lake. He takes people off the street. That's it. Take them off the street. Say, let's take, say when walking in the streets. <laughs> and it's as he was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting their nets. You can see the picture there, how they were casting the nets. They were casting nets into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they must have left the nets and followed him. At once. Now, there's something about that at once. There was an obedience factor that took place in their heart. When Jesus said so, they did it right there. They didn't. Why? Let me pray about it. Let me, let me do this. Let me bury him off. You know, whatever. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father, Sorry, with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately, again, immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now that word preparing is the same Greek word that's in, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4. Prepare God's people for works of service. Why were they in the boat preparing the nets. Now that we're, what they were doing is they would go out fishing and uh, we've been on this, on, on Gal I've been on Galilee and, uh, and I saw the nets that they were used. You know the nets they used those days was, was uh, sheep's wool just twined. It wasn't very strong. Now we've got nylon nets but those days it wasn't very strong and they would, they would have uh, sinkers on the, on the, on the, around the, the edges of the net with holes in it, and they would fasten on there, and the outer part would fall down. Now we put these lovely lead sinkers in there, but they, they would come down and they would take a drawstring and every, all the fish that were caught in the net 
within they will bring back. Sometimes the, the net would sink to, to the bottom of the, of the lake and, and that would hook just as much as we go fishing. I love fishing and, they, and we would have to sometimes break the, the line because, because it's hooked on rocks. So these, this net would hook on rocks or, or sunken logs and, and, and they had to retrieve the net and so they would have to break the net to get the net back. And in the breaking net, if there were 50 or 100 fish in there, what will happen to the fish? They will disappear. Just like those nets there. Do you think that's a good fishing net? The, this one, this one they, they, they say that that particular hole, 4,500 trout got lost in that, not that one, that one there. Now, if you want to do evangelism, <laughs> and you get a little bit of oil in your net, well, it's something else. So that preparation is, it's, it's the mending, it's the equipping, the different uh, Bibles have got different words they use there. Mending, pre- pre- uh, equipping, in Afrikaans it's tourists, I think it would be. Uh, would that be a right word, tourists? And then, yeah. And so, so the equipping part of coming into God's kingdom, the equipment part is so essential that the stuff that, that, that we were doing there, now you've got to listen to me, the stuff that you were doing there in this kingdom of darkness, when we get saved, Jesus dies for our sin. Correct? We're not sure. Jesus died for our sin. Here, here is the, we are dealing with the consequence, not the sin, with the consequence of what we allowed the enemy to do in our lives here. And we've got those holes here. Here we come to mend the holes. And these mending of the holes, if they are not mended, we would not move out easily to evangelize. We would not even go and say to my neighbor, I'm praying for you. Because I don't want to be rejected. Again. Because I was rejected so much here, I've got a whole year called rejection. And this whole of rejection stops me from doing what God would love me to do. And these holes, and I'd like to perhaps just look at these holes, and we can, let's give these holes some names. What about a hole called unworthiness? How many of us don't feel worthy? Now, I'm not sure if I suffered from that one, but I know the, the, the ladies that we minister to, a lot of people, a lot of ladies suffer with feeling unworthy. And you know, this is one of the things that Jesus died for. He says, I die for you because I see it worthy to die for you. I see it. And so the way we look at ourselves sometimes 
is not the way that God looks at us. Because he says, I gave my son for you because I thought you, I saw you worthy for that, but we don't want to receive it. So if we've got that blockage, if we've got that hole, then we have to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, I am sorry I don't see myself worthy. Please forgive me. I want to learn. It's because what other people have said, oh, you're no good. At school they would always tell me, pull up your socks. None my socks were not down. My socks were up, but they were saying, work harder. <laughs> I tried to work hard. But the sports fields was much nicer. What about the fear of darkness? What about fear of flying? I would like you to fly over to Durban. I want you to go and minister to somebody there. Oh, no, Lord. Okay, then take, take the ship. Oh, no, Lord. I'll get seasick. Oh, no, Lord. I'm not going to get in that tin can in the aeroplane. Oh, no, Lord. Uh, it's too far. I don't have money. We're always going to find an excuse just to pacify that hole. Fear of crowds. Fear of water. Fear of speaking to strangers. Are those godly fears? Somewhere along the line over here, or maybe even the church over here, but somewhere along the line over here, that little fear of, of speaking to a stranger or speaking in, speaking in front of people has never been dealt with. Let's deal with it here. How many Christians have been Christians for 20, 30 years? You give them a microphone and you say, oh no, I'm speaking in front of people. Is that God? I mean, surely. Let's step out. Give me the mic. Yes, Lord, what must I say? <laughs> but just, just do something and just break through. We've got to break through these things somewhere because that in, the, in the breaking through, we, we stand up against the enemy. What about hatred for someone? And I can understand why you dislike the person or maybe you hate the person for what they did to you. Maybe, they, maybe you were raped. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you was, there, were, there could be a whole bunch of stuff that, can, that made you just hate that person or, a, or that group of people. God, God doesn't want us to live with that hate. He wants us to say, love your neighbor. Love agape love. I mean, I don't know you, but I love you. Because I can just look at your beautiful faces and I fall in love with you. But it's not a, it's not a hate. It's not a, something that, that I had at one stage. It's dealt with. It's given away to the Lord. He deals with it in my life. But I've still got to go up to that person somewhere and say, I forgive you. Or maybe God doesn't want you to say, I forgive you. Maybe he just wants you to, to write a letter. And maybe God doesn't want you to write a letter. You just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. But I tell you what, work in the heart. Because the hole in your net is going to be your blockage. Unforgiveness. We spoke about that. Sexual sin. Oh, well. Hmm. You know, sexual sin is one of those things where nobody knows about that. You know, it's 
I close the door, nobody can see. God knows everything. And you see, when we come, we come to God with, Lord, please come heal me of this, whatever. And he says, and what about that? Oh, but that's got nothing to do with this. It's got everything to do with it. So God wants us to come to that place and say, Lord, I am sorry. I'm sorry what I did there. I'm sorry even the things I did here. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, and some of us are in that place of bondage that we cannot get rid of it. Struggling. It's, we're coming under condemnation. And God doesn't want us to be in condemn, condemnation. But the pastor comes and stands here and he says, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And you, you would just say, yes, there is. Because I've got it and I don't want to get rid of it. You see, God doesn't want to sit with that condemnation. But for that scripture to come true, if you've dealt with it, if you've done it, God's sad. If you deal with it, God's happy. And when you've dealt with it, stay free. And he loves you. He loved you there. He's sad that you did it. He loves you here. And he will love you no more. But he wants you to be free. Because if you're not free, then we're going to be living this way for a little while. And we're going to be living in this little place for a little while. And we go back into this little place for a little while. And Sundays we sort of in the neutral ground. Hallelujah. God says, this is the place. This is my church. This is the place where we can get rid of that stuff. Picking up others' offences. What about gossip? What about oh, slander? But gossip, what's uh, gossip in Afrikaans? Skinner, like a word. Skinner. You think that we, when we're talking about other people, we're just passing on information, that's Skinner. Stop it. Repent of it. Stop. Because that's a hole in your net. Because if you are skinnering and I've got a problem and I know that you're skinnered because you're skinnered to me about somebody else, I'm going to come to you for, for ministry. Because if I tell you my little issue that you need to pray for me for, I know that tomorrow 20 other people are going to know. And if you tell one, you've told 22. You tell one, others are going to know. I won't come to you. I don't trust you. So that's why people in this community church, people don't come from the community of the church because they don't trust us. Why? Skinnerbecker. God says, stop it. It's a hole in our net. It's a hole that we form in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not putting any condemnation on you, but I'm just saying, these are the holes that we can form. And we've all skinnered. We all have done wrong things. Gambling, spending money, claustrophobia, things of small places, uh, fear of small places, you know, it, it prevents us. I'm not saying go and get into a cupboard. I'm not talking about that stuff. <laughs> but maybe your parents locked you in the cupboard once and you have a fear of small places and flying and whatever. And so forget them and let's deal with it. Let's get it out. The bondages, the, the addictions that we, we have, the alcohol and drugs and how about the addiction of lying? And we repeat those things. Now, failure. Failure was mine. Rejection was mine. What about trauma and bullying at school and victimization? And these are all, I'm just saying, these are all things that develop these holes in our net. And you know what? 
God does not want you to sit with it. Our Lord Ministries is one of those ministries. You know Lazarus, he dies. Jesus hears about Lazarus' death four days ago. He comes, he comes to, he comes a bit late. To, he's late for the funeral. He's already buried. And he wasn't very far away, apparently. And, uh, and, and Martha and Mary, they, they come, Oh Lord, if you were here, you would, have, you would be able to heal him. If you were here. Now Jesus cried. And somebody said, Look how much he loved him. I don't think he cried for that reason, actually. I think he cried because of the, 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 the faith or the lack of faith of Martha when she said that. I've been with you for such a long time, I would have thought, I've been with you such a long time and you still don't believe in him after four days that can, I can bring him into life. So Jesus doesn't pray. He just says, Father, you always hear me. And he calls out, Hey, Lazarus, come out. Or oh, maybe he didn't use those words, but... And so Lazarus, wrapped up in swaddling or what bandages. Now, if, if you know how they wrap him, how did he get loose to walk out of there? How did the little flap fall down from his eye that he can see? How did he walk out there and wave a little hand and say, Hi guys, I'm still here. And the next thing that Jesus says, he tells the other guys, take the bandages off. Now you see, it's like Lazarus was born again. Actually, in the physical. He was born again. And now he, he is still in bondage. And he, he calls us. He calls us and says, take the wrappings off him. And that's what we do. We, you know, you're born again. We just come and take the wrappings off and show you how beautiful you actually are. And when the enemy's got, got a thing in for you, we say, get out in Jesus' name. And we don't shout, we don't say it louder than that. We just say, in Jesus' name, come right off him now. Because the, the authority is in who you are in Christ, not in the shouting and the screaming. That screaming business, deliverance has got a bad name because of the screaming. And they all want a manifestation. No, we say, I bind you in Jesus' name. Don't manifest, get out. Now, you know, when we are ministering to people, we're just taking the bandages off. And we're just saying, Come right off him now, in Jesus' name. You are healed. See, for each of us, Jesus says, I, you did not choose me, I chose you. You are sitting here today because Jesus chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And appointed you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so what we've seen in minister in our ministry previous, we see we've prayed for people, and next week is back. But now we see when we pray for people, because we 
we are learning more and God's give us, give, gives the church the keys of the kingdom and, and God's given us over the last 36 years, given El the keys of the kingdom. So when we, we've learned those keys and we pray for people, it seems to be lasting. I'm not saying everyone, but the, the vast majority, it's lasting. You prayed for me 10 years ago and I'm still healed. Or, I don't do that anymore. I don't do this anymore. You see, and I just touched on it just now, we can sometimes be our own worst enemy. I am my own blockage in many areas. I've got an issue. I need to deal with it. Mm. Mm, don't like you, don't like you, don't like you. Mm, maybe. No. Eventually, who can I trust? And so we must all be in that place that we can be trusted, that we can go to each other and say. And we must not get offended by what the things we hear, and we must be angry. But actually God wants us to, to get to that place that we deal with the stuff because the way I see me and I see my faults, it's just something I wrote the other day, uh, is not the way that God sees, the way God sees me. Jesus died for those things. I've dealt with those things. He's telling me to work on some other things, but, but he does not see me as I see me. I see me as imperfect, and maybe I am imperfect, but God sees potential. I see my unfaithfulness. God sees future faithfulness. We've got to get there. I see my past. God sees the future because he's forgotten about the past. If it's given to him, he forgives us as far as the east is for the west. Why go back and ask him again and again and again? And you know what he likes about the future? Because he loves you and he likes it. He likes what he sees. But we don't like what we see. God wants to. I'm going to end off now. We know the scriptures which say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? That scripture is so true. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But we think we cannot do all things. Because we don't believe God's going to strengthen me. So the lack of faith in God, God we, we come to God and say, Lord, I know that you can do this, and I know that you want me to do it, and I know you've told me five times, ten times, twenty times, I've waited for ten years, and I still haven't done it. When we become obedient to God, you would see your life change. Deal with the stuff. And then so that lovely scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Do you believe that? Because I don't believe that we believe it sometimes. That he that's in us is greater than the enemy. And I want to pray for us. That, that we pray that the God will give us the the courage to trust someone, someone, 
and to make an appointment that, that someone that you can trust. And look at the people around in the room here today, maybe because they've heard the message. They know that if they break trust, God's going to frown on it, really. Find someone that you can trust and go and sit with that person and say, help me through this, please. Will you pray for me? I want to confess something to you. And I want to confess it to you. It is something spiritual takes place when I'm confessing it to somebody. I can't go to a mirror. It doesn't have the same spiritual effect. But when, when you're speaking to somebody that you trust and they say, you're, you're forgiven. When they say, no, you're forgiven. Jesus always said that when we said, Lord, please forgive me. Your sins are forgiven. He said those things. Say it to the people. Your sins are forgiven. Give them a hug. But now we say to the enemy, get out. In Jesus' name. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be the body of Christ. He wants us to love our neighbor. He wants to see us set free. But we cannot be set free unless we start being obedient to what God is saying. Go and read that scripture. Go and read it. I'll release you. But you need to be obedient. And we need to walk in obedience for a while and then go for ministry. Just that obedience. Adam lost everything. And we're still sitting under that. The world is sitting under Adam just because he ate of something that God said, do not eat. Let's say a prayer after me. Father God, I bring this whole to you. And Father, I want to promise you that I'm going to work at this hole or these holes even if it's a small one even if it's an old one even if it's a, a, a hole that goes back into the womb when my mom wanted a boy and I'm a girl or my vice versa Lord I want you to bring those old holes to you Father I pray Lord that as we just confess that we have this hole Lord, that we'll deal with it. I pray, Lord, you give us strength. You'll give us the determination. And Father, you'll give us the, the incredible love that I need from you to flow into my life as I do this. Father, we just say thank you for what you're still going to be doing. I look forward to the future. Lord, we cannot do anything about the past. That's done. We want to say sorry about the past, but Lord, we want to say sorry that our future can be in your hands. In Jesus' name we ask it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.